0: And welcome to the Crash Course podcast. Um, we have a special treat for you guys today. We have with us the Wall Street players who are going to be chiming in on the news and the album review if they have two cents. And then we're going to talk about them, their they show, the uh, upcoming album, and much more. So uh, I guess we'll kick right off with the news and uh, a few stories I looked up. Something that I'm sure everybody's fascinated to know about: um, Katy Perry's new movie, Part of Me, the 3D pop music documentary. Um, only pulled in about $10 million over the course of its entire opening weekend.
1: That's because she didn't show the part of her that everyone wanted to see. That's true.
2: Thank you, Alon. Well, no, the only people that showed up to this was the teens and tweens and boyfriends that had to be dragged there. So the target audience was the boyfriends that had to be dragged there. No, no, no,
3: no, no I agree, $1 million per for part, that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: it definitely had a poor showing. They compared it to Spider-Man, which had like... It's opening weekend uh,
2: 140 million opening weekend. Even so, a bad opening weekend is like 35-40 million dollars nowadays. But they talk about they talk about in the
0: article that I had read about how it only cost about 12 million, so they pretty much almost already in the opening weekend made
2: what it cost. So, all in all, I'm sure it'll make around the numbers they were expecting anyway. Well, no, no. They were looking to make a lot more money than that. And it's still got some longevity to it. It's, th- it's going to be out for a few weeks. It's not a weekend thing. So you got to see what's going to happen. Uh, but it's it didn't seem to appeal to the audiences that were trying to drag in besides the actual Perry fans, which were the teens, the tweens, the girls that are really identifying with this, the younger 20-year-olds. Uh, who, who really love her music and right. buy her album. Well, I think
3: we all agree it was put out there for the money, not the cultural merit. So, you know, <laughs> right. they make what they make. I think it's probably why they did it so cheaply.
0: Um, on to the next story, which is one of the more interesting stories that we have today, which I found fascinating, is uh, uh, Paul McCartney is working on uh, new music with the creators of Halo, Bungie. Um, former creators of Halo, they are not working on the newest version of it, but he made an announcement on his Twitter page, and I'm quoting him, I'm really excited to be working on writing music with Bungie, the studio that made Halo. So, he doesn't say what the project is, he doesn't say if it's an album, if it's a game, so I'm very curious to see what this is actually going to be.
2: Well, Bungie has a habit of actually putting in some, some very distinctive music into their games, um especially the Halo series. They have uh, very iconic music in their series. Uh, Gregorian chant. I mean, they brought it back. Nobody, nobody really listened to Gregorian. <laughs> um, but uh, they, they, they were very well prepared to, to take someone like Paul McCartney and, and use his music in a very interesting setting because that's what they know how to do. They, they can set the tone in one of their video games. It's going to be interesting seeing what McCartney does.
0: Right, but there's no clear saying in the article anywhere of whether it's a new CD a new game so it's, it's kind of just speculation
2: if it's Bungie the speculation is going to be it's going to be a video game right it, it, almost definitely Bungie really hasn't branched out into anything else correct
3: no in um, Paul McCartney
2: it could be like an ode to the
3: universe it doesn't really matter everyone will buy it yeah but, that's also true but the at least other, there's
2: cultural merit there so yeah you know uh, the other interesting I'm thing I'm excited about, about that The other interesting <laughs> thing about Paul He's doing the opening for the Olympics Yes And I that I about. love Because I love the Olympics i yes. say about the freaking time Well it's He's London's best yeah, it's I cool. mean it was him That's still alive Well uh, true But it was him Or Elton I mean if you're going to go to Great Britain It's him or Elton That you can get to do the Olympics And right. I, I prefer Paul <laughs> Well that's your preference
1: what about
0: the Not whole, all of us are right. What about the More taste, let's go ghost
1: of Freddie Mercury?
0: I heard about this, yeah. Because <laughs> um, they, they had done something like that with Tupac a long time ago, and supposedly now yeah. they're planning on doing it with Freddie Mercury. And isn't it going to be with the band? Like he's going to be yes, singing with the band?
1: That's, that's what I've heard at least.
0: So that should be interesting. I mean, a lot of people have been talking about how as technology gets better... Like, even in movies, they're going to start... They, there's this big movement to, to create digital versions of famous actors and actresses and use them in new movies. Well,
2: it's like how they did the facelift for Jeff Bridges in The newest Strong. Yes. Uh, they made him look, you know, 30 years younger. Yeah. And it, it wasn't perfect, but this is new technology they're working with, and it looked really good. But to see a live act with a hologram of a famous singer will be
0: interesting. Yeah, For, for sure, more than anything else, it's going to be monumental, something to see. That's John Lennon,
2: Jim Morrison. I mean, these That's are guys that I wish I could have seen growing up.
0: So if they do something, <laughs> so you can actually see them now,
3: that would be fantastic and fascinating. Doesn't that come off to you with just a teeny bit tacky, though?
2: Just a, a little, little midgen, uh, a If little. it's done with respect, it's different. Uh, uh, I, uh, I don't know. I gonna, I don't know what, we got to see where it goes. That's the only. Thing I mean, you, it's all still new and speculative. Did you see
1: the Tupac and Nate Dogg performance from Coachella? No, no I, I
2: didn't.
4: They thought was dead, wasn't he? Yeah. Lito. He was there too? Yeah, well, it was an awesome performance. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that looked like it, look, it really looked like he really would look, except for some weird floating moments. But hands down, it was an amazing performance by a dead person. It was a little <laughs> uncanny <laughs>
1: valley for me, but
4: that's the no, biggest. This is not
3: weird out anybody. Nobody was like creeped out by this in the slightest. Not really. Everyone just accepts actually, this. Oh yeah,
1: it
4: was
3: great. But it was
1: lighter so, so they were all it. high anyway. So true. <laughs> they were seeing visions of Tupac before he was even on the stage.
0: Um, the next news story that I actually wish I was in London to see is in celebration of their 50th anniversary, the Rolling Stones will attend a f- photographic exhibition in their honor in London. This is going to be on uh, July 12th, and uh, it's the 50th anniversary to the day of their first gig
2: at London's Marquee Club. Which, so I think that's going to be really which cool. Which is amazing, because we're talking about, while well, the Rolling Stones weren't... The most instrumental uh, band of the classic rock era. They have been around for forever. They're still making music. They're incredible individuals. And they're still alive. Yeah. Keith Richards
0: una- should have died years ago. He's yeah. done
2: more yeah. drugs than the entire Beatles band. <laughs> they're like a yeah, yeah, like the really, really old couple who's been
3: married for like 70 years. And you're just like, ah, that's that's nice. It's nice to see that. It's
2: they're just, still kicking. They're, they're still, still making music. I'm not saying...
5: He may have already died and it's just a hologram. <laughs> <zero> <laughs> you that's never true. know. You never know. <laughs> that's what we call a cult. Back, yes, Um,
0: so I think that's great. I mean, um, but it's it's kind of hard to believe that it's already been 50 years. Although, then again, you look at McJagger and you can see the lines in his face representing each year that they've lived. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah,
3: Yeah. (laughs) McJagger's a tree, (laughs) surprise, surprise.
2: So, it would explain why he still hasn't died yet. I think he's gotten taller too, and I, the green tinge to his skin—that's also true. He yeah. sways a lot. He moves,
1: yeah. <laughs> around, he moves around more than a normal tree, though
3: I think.
2: Look at a willow. He's an with the wind. He's an ant. He could be an he, ant. He is graceful. Maybe he yeah, is a not tree.
5: Very graceful.
2: <laughs> he is a
3: graceful sixty-some odd man. Graceful yeah,
5: true. ant true. or a hologram or. A Uh,
0: And uh, the final story we have today is, which I just thought was odd, but a lot of fun, is Dave Grohl in his hometown of Ohio, uh, in Warren, Ohio, because Ohio is a state, um, he unveiled a gigantic 900-pound pair of drumsticks. Um, um, And this was just a massive pair of drumsticks that apparently broke the Guinness World Book of Records for largest drumsticks. I don't know if they're actually ma- uh, manageable or playable, but...
2: Uh, if you could play those drumsticks, I'd be super impressed. Yes. I would want to find the drums that could handle those drumsticks.
3: But I well, just... That th- begs uh, him to do a pro- follow-up project, perhaps? Get his name on the list twice? I
1: was going to ask if he had played Led Zeppelin's Rock and Roll with uh, with those drumsticks.
2: That would be uh, impressive. It would explain the beat a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah how heavy it was. Um...
0: Well, and my my theory is just that you know the giant hand that he has in Everlong video, maybe it was made for those hands. <laughs> like that was the idea. That's
4: like almost a ton of drumsticks.
2: Yeah, that, that is, is almost a yeah. ton of drumsticks.
4: But it's, uh, it's a half the ton. The ton is 2000. two
2: thousand. There's,
4: but they're nine
2: hundred pounds each. No, no, it's no. nine hundred pounds for the pair.
4: I did my math right. I just my my reading comprehension was bad.
2: Uh, but no, my <laughs> biggest thing is I'm only in America would they make something specifically to be the world's yeah. biggest?
3: And no that's, other goal. That's
2: where we do the fun stuff. So you don't We're, even
3: accept that maybe he just did it to have, like, a musical instrument? Like, we might be expecting a
2: drum sometime soon,
4: maybe? I, I think you uh, hit drums against it. I think the question I, is who a, who giant has,
2: machines you know, a giant machine to manage a giant robot. second
5: largest <laughs> drums.
2: Yeah, how big are those? <laughs> and how
5: and how upset is that guy? Walking around with, like, I've got three hundred pound drumsticks. His life's is work is awesome. gone. And it's just, it's it's just gone. snuffed and out. He's walking
4: around with three hundred pound drumsticks. And well, he's really,
5: a really, really strong guy.
4: I only, I only, I wish it would be musical <laughs> because there's actually
3: there is an example uh, upstate, the Mid Hudson Bridge, New York. That bridge, there's like little buttons on it that you can press. That, that actually, one. the bridge itself was used as a musical instrument. They plucked the suspension cables. They plucked them like a, like a violin, like a guitar. And then they made whole entire pieces at them. So you, if you walk across the bridge at, at like both where the, uh, where the towers are, there's like 12 buttons, you can press them, and you can hear a whole song of bridge music. So That's pretty freaking amazing. Maybe, yeah. maybe this guy been... was influenced by that, you know... Using really, really large objects. As so now seasons. he just needs,
2: uh, you know... A, a really large drum. Well, 500-foot xylophone. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, there you go. go. Give him five ding, ding, years. Ding, ding, ding. Give, you give him 50 years. Eh.
5: They have that at F.I.O. Schwartz, I think. That giant, like piano
2: thing that's like oh, the could, one you just step oh yeah on? with your feet yeah. from big well, <laughs> well until from you from find big, a yeah. piano that actually spans the Delaware River I don't think we're talking the same scale here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> until we find someone who can play Chopin on
3: that piano with his feet then I think we're you know <laughs> he then would we're, be exhausted
2: you the... <laughs> would <laughs> <He didn't laughs>
3: crawl <laughs> around <laughs> like all like feet would have get doc then we'll talk okay
2: um, alright and now we're going to, get to go into our next part we are going to be doing our yeah. album of the week our album review of the week Uh, Album this week is Cage the Elephant's Thank You, Happy Birthday. Now, this isn't a new album. It's been out for a year and a half now, uh, January of 2011. Uh, Mostly, I I chose this album because I wanted it to be something um, I exposed Steve and Matt to. And because I really found it to be a not well-received album uh, compared to Cage's first album, and I, I just wanted to expose them to this music because I am a huge Cage fan. I of, love Cage the Elephant. Out of curiosity, not well-received by newcomers or by Cage enthusiasts? What, Cage enthusiasts, guys who like Cage, they tended to like this album because mm. it, was, it was the same feel as their previous album, um, but it wasn't popularized in mainstream media the way the second one was because that one... Uh, the, the first album, because of its title track, its, its main track that gained popularity was uh, Ain't No Rest for the Wicked. That being featured in a video game, that's what got them their name.
3: Gotcha.
2: There was no tie-in for Thank You, Happy Birthday. It, it was much quieter when it was released. Uh, so they didn't gain the same notoriety for it, which I thought was a shame.
0: Yeah, well, it had to stand on its own two legs without the video game to back it up, which not is not always easy sometimes for a new band. Yes,
2: very much so. Um, anyway, uh, we just l- listened to it, and like I said, I love the album.
0: I, f- I think that my favorite thing about... First of all, the albums, the songs, rather, that stuck out most to me was the ty- Was this first track, uh, Always Something, and then Around My Head. Those two songs are the ones that resonated with me the most, but the thing I saw... The thing I saw, because that makes sense. The thing I heard, because it's an album, um... That I really liked was their kind of pattern for a very specific breakdown in each song that's very different
3: tonally from the rest of the song. I think that that's great. I they love have, they it. They have a binary form. I'll agree with that. They have this: we're going to set you up and then completely change it up, and, and that's that's actually admirable because in general people really determine about a minute and a half in whether a song is kind of hopelessly repetitive, right, or whether it is what it is and there's no helping it at this point. You've decided whether you're going to like it or not. The average song, at least. But I like the
0: fact that, it, that there are very heavy influences in this album to uh, 90s and mid-90s music, like, especially Weezer, Nine Inch Nails, The Pixies, like,
3: all of these extremes that you can hear.
2: But each song is influenced by a different band. Right. That was, that was the major... Uh... There was a lot less unison in this album.
3: Well, I only noticed that after, like, the fourth or fifth track, but once I noticed it, it hit hard, and suddenly it was Modest Mouse territory, and, that yeah, shocked and it shocked me. Really, and then,
2: and then it was Weezer, and then it was Nine Inch Nails. Uh, each song was almost a different genre unto itself, and different songs related to each other, but it was it was different, 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 different. It broke up the monotony that you get in a lot of albums um, uh, with a lot of tones. They, they kept doing something different with each song.
0: And I find it very admirable that they're trying to break this genreification Because I, I feel that music's ne- music needs genres But we've taken it to extreme with a lot of music now And we're definitely going to get into that in a future podcast But I just like that this band didn't, didn't hold to a realm of Hey, we make rock, so you have to do this 90s rock sound They took different bands that obviously influenced them And let the exposure show over the
3: entire album As opposed to all of their music uh-huh. But let me play devil's advocate here. Even though a band shouldn't necessarily be genrefied, you know, I, I pretty much agree with you on that point. But still, they need identity. They need something that at least gets you an audience, right. however you know sparse it is. I thought that was the only thing this album was lacking. Because in general, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna downplay. It. I, I like this album. I really, really do. But it, it is a little bit all over the place. It's hard to really find a center. Like it a, does seem a little schizophrenic, yeah. which I think is what you're trying to say. Yeah. It does get that feeling a little bit.
2: And I, I think that's because, as you've professed before, you're more of an instrumental guy, and yeah. I'm more of an, a lyricist. Yeah, and, and you're I, right. I, and I
3: see, like I you your point,
2: like the lyrics part, that, that is very steady. It, it that ties is, it together. That, that is the constant. They have a very, uh, he, lead singers very much singing the same sort of way, same sort of lyrics. Composition, yep. Uh, the messages tend to be along a f- uh, familiar pattern from very different songs, uh, from one to the next, and they, I mean, I like them all, and some of them were screamy, No, some of them are screamy, and some of them are very melodramatic, and downers, uppers, laughers, screamers. They had right. all sorts of music on this album. I suppose I have a flair
3: for the melodramatic. because, And yet, despite this little discrepancy of ours, we share the
2: two most favorite tracks. That is Rubber Ball and Flow, the final track in the album. Which are the most like uh, Modest Mouse. Yes. And the the two slow songs, the two quieter songs, the two least uh, instrumental but most complicated with their instruments. Mm -hmm. And I like them because they're whiny, and I love that whiny... uh, lyrics that you get along with it. Yep. And I
3: love them because it's just... It's in my field. Like that, That's that's the kind of slow, contemplative music that I, that really, really gets me. It, it, is, it is always giving you something new every single time you listen to it. And it's just... The tone puts you in a very, very nice, eased place. The rest of the album didn't really do it for me, but these two tracks did. And, you know, even aside from the Modest Mouse comparison, they're... They still... They have this originality to them. Yes. I definitely agree. Um... It's funny For the same reason I think John
0: likes Indie Kids Which was I forget which track It was the I mean, third track Third track It's probably the same reason I don't like it My problem with Indie Kids My problem with Indie Kids Is that it's It's satiristic I, I get that They're trying They're writing a song About people Who think they're indie and 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 I get it And it's and I appreciate it, but I just didn't enjoy
2: it due to my personal musical taste. Well, it's screamy. Right. It screams a lot. And I have a very
0: distinct threshold for screaming music. And this,
2: this was a very angry song. They really uh, didn't... It, it's very much against the the, the indie, um, indie emo-style kid... Uh, one of the lines I, I gotta get the right shoes And the right haircut and The right haircut I mean Yeah they're making fun Of these they're kids They're making
0: fun Of the extreme yeah. of India. There's nothing wrong With independent music It's the extremes Of the fans
2: But it's not even that It's more like they're uniform In their independence And that's what They were making fun of Right I want to be different So let me be the same As all my friends Yeah That's I, I found that hysterical And that's most of why I like right. that song Um.
3: But I, I have to agree, but also, in addition, like, off the topic of message, musically, going back to an earlier point, that track is also one of the greatest examples on this album of the binary track. It, it had a shift somewhere toward the end of that song. It just shifted completely toward a completely different sound. I don't know. I felt it had one of those, you know, two separate songs thrown together kind of feel. It was not too, not too uniformed for me. I don't know. It didn't work.
2: Well, um... Sabretooth Tiger was that way. Uh, around My Head was that to some extent, though I really liked that one. Uh, you know, every, every, every track like had that moment where, wait, whoa, whoa, what song am I in?
3: <laughs> it's all of a sudden, but that it, track it, especially. It calls your attention to the song. It makes you actually think
0: about it. Like, oh, am I still listening to the same song? But it, I do agree with Steve that in Indie Kids, there was this kind of disconnect that felt a lot less natural than the rest of the songs, where it just kind of... It went into a new... A uh, new like feel, but it still made sense for the moment. It just caught your attention.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think that feel in, in Indies and also in Sabretooth Tiger was better represented with their slower songs. Yes. Um, like Aberdeen. It has a little bit of a slower breakdown. Uh, right before my eyes, the uh, um, original version that they did on the track and the one that was hidden after Flow. If you let the song play for a minute, you get a very a more acoustic version, slower version. Right. I, of, I thought
3: that was really, really admirable. Yeah.
2: And know? by com- it, it was nice to actually hear them play the same exact song, same exact lyrics, as a completely different kind of music. Yeah. Right before my eyes was a little more punk. And uh, the original one was, was was punk and the second one, the one hidden behind flow, was easy going. And that's the most admirable thing on this
3: album to me, is because even though there's some tracks here which just might not be my taste, just just them adding that little bonus track pretty much says, you know, we don't have to do it one way or another way. We can do it any way we want. We have that talent, and that uh, I have nothing but respect for that. So, star rating, what do you think? I don't
0: know, I would probably give it a 4 out of 5. Because for me, I don't think it's the end-all be-all for albums. It's not my favorite album of all time. But it's definitely a solid album with a fantastic sound. It's clear that they they have a, a plan and a pattern that they follow. and But in that plan and pattern, there is no plan and pattern. That it is kind of all
3: over the place. And they kind of do as they feel per song. 3.5. 3.5 because, in general, I enjoyed the overall tone of it but it lacked arc to some extent okay well you you
2: tend to like the the album that f- flows together yes um i'm gonna give it a four two because it's i love Cage the elephant i do think their previous album was superior um that one's got a five-star rating this one it was it was excellent follow-up but it wasn't as good as the original so yeah only a four out of five okay All right, and that's with that, our next subject, uh, the Wall Street Players. Who've been patiently waiting. Who? Hi. Where?
0: So, um, just go ahead and go around and introduce yourselves so they know which voice is which.
5: So I'm Doug, also known as whos He what Uh,
1: I'm Lon, but you can
5: call me Future Money. And I'm James, the prophet of profit.
2: All right, so gentlemen, tell us a little bit about yourself.
4: We are the Wall Street Players. I'm James.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm Alon, but you can call me Future Money. And I'm Doug.
5: Whoa, right. reverse action, I like it. All right, you never so, know which way you're going to come at you. <laughs> all right, so well, who are the Wall Street players? That would be us, Doug, Alon. We covered this. Those
1: <laughs> with <laughs> stereo I'm, I'm, we should be very confused. Right now. <laughs> you can call me Future Money.
4: All right, so now, we're Wall Street Players. We are the world's premier financial games to rap trio. Premier? Well, premier. Yeah. Find one more that's better than us. Yeah, I cannot. You got me. There you I go. Wow. Whenever you want to be the best in any musical genre, make up your own musical genre. Works every time. It's true. so someone makes a bigger drumstick. But <laughs> <laughs> that's called a callback. So, oh, <laughs> oh man. Fine. Uh, so. I'm
1: Milan. You can call me Future. All right. <laughs> so
0: so. Uh, so uh, I guess we'll start with um, clearly. Um, but we listened, as a group, we did listen to the EP earlier, um, the Prospectus EP, right. which we very much loved, and it was very easy to tell that there's definitely a Beastie Boys influence in there. Um, can you just tell us about some of your musical influences, rap, rock groups that you might have listened to growing up, classical music, who cares, you know, whatever
1: influence you definitely style. Beastie Boys. <laughs> you got us there.
3: I was right on that.
1: Yeah, right on the money. Huh? Uh-huh. Uh, good.
5: Good, oh, oh. good. I like, I like that.
3: All
1: right,
5: go ahead. I like that. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny, I don't really listen to a lot of rap music. Uh, I listen to, you know, white rap music. I like that. You know, I'm into a lot of nerdcore. I love the Beastie Boys. Uh, grew up with the Insane Clown Fosse, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, I don't know, James. Big high
1: school influences for us.
4: <laughs> My uh, musical tastes are all over the place. Um, I was listening to the review for the Cage album you just discussed, and it's now my one to really listen to you now because I love when genres don't like stick to one thing like we're a rap group we might do a punk song whatever but influences for me even for this type of stuff I mean for hip hop wise um, some artists that really influenced me were people like MC Lars who, who did like more intelligent hip hop in a nerdy bay area kind of way and then there are artists like Edan. Edon's one of my favorite hip-hop artists, and he does all the production and lyricy and everything himself, and his lyrical constructions are some of my favorite. But I listen to hip- a lot of hip-hop. DMX is one of my favorites growing up. From Staten Island, Wu-Tang was definitely a fun endeavor. Dr. Dre and all of the stuff he did for the music industry was fantastic. I actually covered Dr. Dre at a show for 420, which was ridiculous.
2: <laughs> I gotta say, I did hear a lot of the New York-style rapping. Because if you look at different parts of the nation and uh, the different artists, they, there's a, there's, they each have their styles. There's True. the Californian style. And New York's got its style. And that's what you guys... That's that's a main style I like in rapping. That's a main thing I'm
4: looking for. Like, the more rugged, the rawness of it. Like, DMX definitely pulls it out a lot. I mean, the beats are ridiculous on any of them. But, like, he has this really, like... Aggressive style to his music, even, even if it, when he is talking about aggressive things, which is seldom. And Wu Tang did very similar, and actually, a lot of the New York style rappers <laughs> will rap aggressively without necessarily yeah. being aggressive. It's, it's got
2: that New York, hey, who, what you're looking at kind of attitude, attitude to yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, anger, I'm anger is what you're, you're, the word you're thinking. Not angry, <laughs> because it's, it's not it's, really it's, angry, it's, it's, just, it's just very self important, <laughs> which is not necessarily a bad thing, because I do like the way it sounds. Um, you so what pretty- about you, Alon? What were your influences?
1: Uh, well, you know, as far as hip-hop goes, I, I just love clever lyricists. So I listen to guys like MF Doom and MC Lars and MC Paul Barman and just, you know, just... Like, Paul Barman has this song where all of his lines are an acrostic in themselves, but then all the lines form another acrostic. So the whole song is a double acrostic. And it's just... It's insanely clever, and he doesn't care about beats. Uh, <laughs> I,
4: don't, I don't even know what that means. What? An acrostic? Yeah, like when you have a word, like it's like, it it's
1: like ev- okay, every every line, the first letter of each line spells a word. Okay, but then every word is used. The first letter of every word that he spells is used to form other words. So. <laughs> So was he you, uses words to spell out MC Paul Barman by the end of the song.
2: There's just awesome. too much English going on there. I for think me. John's eyes just crossed. Well, uh, take That's a look like at Shakespeare, listen. where you're just like, wait,
3: that whole thing was a sonnet? That was like three sonnets in a row? Right, exactly. Watched? I mean, I, I just love
1: he's stuff like counting that. the
5: syllables because you don't believe it? He
1: throws random uh, palindromes in his songs, and he's just. <laughs> I, I, I just love wordplay. Does he like ever that. do
5: like a song within a song?
1: Uh, I'm not sure if he's ever done that. I don't think so. It sounds like an interesting concept though. I don't know. A lot watch of out for the kick drum. Really old stuff. <laughs> 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 but aside from that, I mean, I'm mostly into, you know, rock and metal, so <laughs> that's where my influence comes from. So I like the heavier beats. I love I like stuff with bass drops and things like that. Well,
0: It shows. You
2: did
1: a
0: great job. Yeah, you can definitely hear Excellent that in first the first track for that yeah. reason. Yeah. Um Okay, um, next, I'd, I'm sure everyone w- would want to know what you guys have coming up, what, what the big plans are.
5: Sure, so I guess our, the first big thing that's coming up is, uh, is this Saturday, July 14, our big uh, Bastille Day show. It's going to be awesome. Everybody should <laughs> come down if, uh, if you're listening to this prior to July 14, 2012, we'll be at, uh, at the full cup.
4: Yeah, we're doing a party. There's a every year on the street. Um, done, um, New York City has a thing called Summer Streets where they close on a street for like a block party and um, of like art and all kinds of great things. So we're playing the after party on that block. So the entire day will be fun, art and everything from like noon till seven. And then after the sun fades a bit, 9 p.m., we'll be on a stage doing what we do.
1: And that's on Van Duser in Staten Island,
4: North Shore.
0: Yep. Um, so if you don't live in. New York, then obviously you're S.O.L. Unless you want to fly
4: out here for the show, that'd be great. Maybe you're lucky we'll have a live stream. There you go. That would be great. That would be awesome. We'll announce it after you're at the show, so we can make you come first. (laughs) Yes, so come (laughs) to the show.
5: Sounds good. Well, but besides that, um, you know, we're at the show we're debuting some new stuff. We've got some new songs. We've got some new videos. We've got some new uh, T-shirts,
1: giveaways. Oh, and don't forget the most important part about the show, which is the actual date. It takes place on Bastille Day, if you guys didn't realize that. You want to talk a little bit about Bastille Day?
4: Yeah, Bastille Day is when you steal the bass. That's right. Uh, yes. In that th- case, I believe That's it's right. bass. I think
1: it's it's Billy the Big Mouth Bass.
4: <laughs> I hate that thing. Yeah. Uh, no, Bastille Day, it's when... Th- I don't
5: know You cut people's heads off it's, There you go
1: It's <laughs> the French Revolution That's happened Yes
5: <laughs> It did It did It did happen In fact
2: the <laughs> Historians have heard that it's, it's,
5: <laughs> That was so long ago
3: And it's across an right, ocean And like so far away You tell it's, me that we have to get This whole re- podcast Re-recorded in French now Just to get like That you know, French shout out Well you just, can
1: ju- we could just Re-record <laughs> it With French accents uh, We
2: terrible, could do No We will just do <laughs> French, <laughs> French subtitles French go.
1: subtitles That's On an
2: audio podcast just go with it. Sure. <laughs> um, but so everyone French if you're gonna
1: if you're gonna show up to the show bring your guillotine just don't use it at the actual venue because they'll get angry.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Um. let's get to subject matter. All I right. mean, the obvious thing that separates you from everybody else. What inspired finance? That's the million dollar
5: question. That's a callback. Oh yeah, I think uh, I think Doug should so, be able to talk so about that. So back in 2006, yep, uh, I was um, commuting into uh, into Manhattan on the Staten Island Ferry. Me and, mm-hmm. and my friend Jay. Uh, Jay uh, works for Standard & Poor's, and uh, we're on the ferry, and he was describing something as being very rinky-dink. And then I was laughing at him because "rinky Dink is a ridiculous word, and then he got very upset because apparently his mom describes everything as rinky Dink, and he hates that word because that's like his mom's word, and he hates it, and he swore that he would never use it, and he used it, and I called him on it, and he was all upset. and then I was trying to cheer him up and I, and I was telling him, this, yeah, this story is probably longer than you wanted the answer, so <laughs> we got a lot of time left. that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was trying to cheer him up, and I was telling him how Rinky Dink would be an awesome name for a rapper because you have like Ludacris, like Flow Rinky Dink—they're they're, they're, they're <laughs> ridiculous know, Rinky names. Dink. They're yeah. not parks. <laughs> so you know, so I told him that he he should be Rinky Dink. The rapper, you know, to which he was like, Well what what would Rinky Dink rap about? And I'm like, Well if you're a Rinky Dink and you work for Standard and Fords, you, you rap about finance. So he told me that there's no way that you could rap about finance. So the next day on the ferry I had a whole song written and I showed it to him and he's like Holy crap. He's like, You wrote a song about finance. I'm like, Yep. And I'm like, I'm like, now I need you to give me a name. And he's like, well, I don't know. I'm like, what other stupid words <laughs> does, you, does your mom say that you hate? And he goes, well, when she doesn't know what something is, she describes it as Hoosie Watts. Therefore, my name, if you didn't listen to the podcast ten minutes ago, is Hoosie Watts. Uh, and that was the beginning of the band. Then James joined us. Yes.
0: And what's the origin of your uh, stage name? Well, first, my original
5: name was was... Doot de doot because that's the other word that Jay's mom, Rinky Dink's mom, used to say. And I always hate and Jay hates
4: these words, his mom said it. I hate it because it was a stupid name. So I kind of fought against it. And I my, I'm the man of many names, it turns out. It's, my name has changed many, many, many times. And Prophet of Prophet just is is my current name and it's a homonym. I love homonyms, and it goes both ways. Like I am the Prophet of Prophet or I'm the Prophet Prophet. Yes, it doesn't work well if you write it down on paper, which is what's great about homonyms. And it's
5: also good. Think about, about it. a podcast. Think about it. <laughs> it's yeah. So yeah. You can't see it. Yep, You're right.
1: Well, in, until we get the uh, French subtitles Then they'll be able to see it right. But true. it'll be in French So I don't and know Then if
5: it'll be make, the make even in. less sense Right So
4: but then we had a manager of our group um, Our manager's name was Money Because we brought the money in And then the money got a little little headstrong mm-hmm. And kicked out Rinky Dink And now he took his place
5: <laughs> well, <laughs> It kick- sounds like a circus <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> Kicked out is a harsh Very word weird. We're still good friends We downsized the menu <laughs> hit, We right? downsized we right. hired our, our intern it,
1: it, it was not a hostile takeover <laughs> I'm
3: um, like plugging the product. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? All
1: those, all those tracks it's that, that you can on hear on t-shirts. Saturday, July 14th <laughs> <laughs> at the full cup in Staten Island? But... <laughs> uh, well, then I revealed to my fellow players that I was actually from the future. And in the future, we wear two ties, which I guess a lot of people didn't actually realize. But if you watch the documentary Back to the Future Part Two. You'll realize that this is in fact the case. Um, so, so what? Well, I've heard enough. you yeah. guys are awesome. That's it. Back <laughs> to the
3: Future induced like rinky dink. Yeah, back to the, the Future money. All right. Think well, about this. I was that's expecting so many drab like explanations for how you guys got your start When you're talking about finance, it could have been anything could have been like, well, we were reading the Wall Street Journal Yeah, we were right. just doing darts at it
5: <laughs> Whatever we hit, that's what we were
2: <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
5: Wow, You never expected to meet someone who was from the future?
1: <laughs> kind of from the future well, like the past- That future kind of already passed Because I'm from
4: 2009 but
1: you joined the band in 07 But I joined the band in 07 um, So I you went,
4: were from the future But now you're just in the present Well
1: with the us. I went
0: well,
4: back yeah.
1: Before the real estate bubble burst So that I could make A whole bunch of money on On that um, <laughs> But, but unfortunately My time machine broke so I just had to live out the rest of those years with everyone else. Just In one of the a couple
2: years old, the greatest economic booms of our time.
1: Yeah, see, I wanted to skip past that
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, To me the most
5: interesting part is When Alon when, when was in the original Well, his 2009 When everybody wore two ties And he brought that back to 2007 right. And subverted he, it He himself, by wearing two ties Has completely eliminated that, that fashion sense Which is amazing which is It okay. was some
1: kind of time travel paradox Which I'm still not sure how that happened He
4: wasn't even wearing a fez Fezzes are cool. Fezzes are
5: cool. So are bow
2: ties. It's true. <laughs> um,
3: now, Just accepted people. I, I would like to
2: talk about uh, your lyrics, because that's the most interesting part of your music. To you. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> your beats are great. I like your beats. I that's like, his favorite part I like part of the, the instruments, the, the yep. instrumentation you bring into it. Okay. <laughs> but for me, it's the lyrics. It always has been, always will be. And I have to say, it's very witty. Who writes it? Well, it's sort of a collaboration uh, of stuff.
5: I think in the beginning I wrote m- most of it, uh, mm. but then these guys have quickly picked up their parts. But the idea is witty. You know, some of my favorite lines are stuff like, uh, "You know, the current state of the markets is disappointment." We're staying topical, like prescribed ointment. <laughs> no <laughs> one has ever rapped about ointment. Or has used the word topical to mean two different things at the same Blaise time. Blazing trails all over the <laughs> place. It, it, it's, it's
2: revolutionary stuff that we've got here. Uh, do you write your own lines, or is it more you, you guys collaborate, write a song, and then decide who's going to sing what? That's a very good question, it, actually, yeah.
1: Um, what, the, the second thing that you said is how it usually goes, except on the song The Three, where we did each write our own passage. Um, at that time, I wasn't really an accomplished lyricist, so I did have help. But for the most part, um, we we did write our own passages, and the other songs we just kind of collaborate on, and then we uh, use the nifty Google Docs app to color code. For those of all you who are watching at
0: home, but you're not watching, James is showing us his iPad, which you can't see, but just pretend you can. And now he's right. holding it over the other iPad we're recording it on. <laughs> look with so your ears. So you can see it through <laughs> look the with sound your ears. ears.
1: Yes, look with your ears, not with your hands. Um,
0: uh, a follow-up to John's question is, I'd like to know um, who writes... Obviously, you guys clearly collaborate on the lyrics. Who writes the beats, the music, does the mixing?
5: Is that also collaborative, or does one person mostly do that? I, th- I think we keep it mostly collaborative. I'd say a lot of the music, uh, James will usually... We'll we'll try to give James some sort of idea, and he'll come back with 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 a beat and That's something nothing to like to the grow, idea. which is usually <laughs> nothing like the idea. And then we try to wrap the lyrics over it, and it doesn't work. And then we end up having to use it for a different song, but that always seems to work out somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Any time we said up James, we need music for this song. Okay and he'll, he'll just it, make music for a completely different song the mismatchness of it
3: makes for a great parody this is what you guys got so.
4: yeah it, it, yeah, it's, and sort it's of so all over the place. and so like, usually I'll just be sitting there and I'll be on like way too much caffeine and coffee at the time it'll just be like ridiculous I'll just start working on something we usually start in something like GarageBand and make a simple beat work on it I'll throw in some pieces like from Reason that'll make no sense and then it's really weird when you start constructing a song, the later parts you bring in as flourishes usually become a more important part of the actual work, and you throw out some of your original like, source material. And then if you're like us, and you've been around for six years, we released one EP, you end up doing the exact same song like three, four times. And with totally different music every time. <laughs> and you hate everything you've done before. That's true. Yeah, learn. at a certain yeah. point,
1: you know, our our older beats became stale to us, so... Even what's on the EP, we've changed since since then.
2: Yes. Um, my next question is uh, because we also s- I've also seen the video. Uh, where did you come up that that video you did for the bear, right? For the bear, the bear. The, bear. Yeah. the bear was interesting. It was fun. Um, how did you come up with those shots? Because there, to describe it, there is. You you were you had the shot behind the bull statue. Yes, yes. which I was my favorite one. <laughs> uh, you had the shot uh, coming off uh, right on the the Staten Island Ferry. Um, how did you come up with these things? Uh, who who was behind the video? To throw in
0: real quick, if you haven't seen it, uh, two or three posts before this one on the website Crash Chords, you can see my article on the shoot. And the actual video for the bear. So be sure to go back and check that out so you have the visuals to match. Ooh,
1: that was like a double plug. You plugged yourself and us at the same I time. I like it. I'm that good. good. I
2: All say? these vested interests just coming to fruition. Well, they're already on the website. They just have to scroll. That's <laughs> <Yeah, sure. laughs> true. So the, the bear was <laughs> one of the first
4: songs we ever actually made. We probably made the song back in 06 or... Uh,
5: yeah, or it was, something like that. It originally. The originals.
4: And it was also the first one we wanted to do a video for. And guess what video we thought of. Let's go do the idea of a bear chasing us through the city, but like but where do bears live? Bears live in the woods. So we want to get from the woods to the city, and the boat's the obvious thing in between. If you live on Staten Island, the only, the only way to get to Manhattan from there is to take a boat. It's an awesome little yellow ship. And then you're there. So that was pretty much the idea of the structure of the thing. Only downside was, we thought of this way before we Occupy Wall Street stuff and all that stuff that happened, so the bull was supposed to be a little bit more uh, intimate in the film, but you know, it's now is has been cardened off by all these giant, like, barricades so you couldn't actually get near the bull without being a child with a cop escort. So
5: we had to, like, do it behind a cage. It was, it was already a, a bit of an adventure just showing up right. uh, with a guy in a bear costume while all these other people are protesting and we're Not a, just a, bi-
1: <laughs> a guy in a bear costume, but a guy in a bear costume who was running <laughs> <laughs>
5: Yes, in slow motion, which is just odd in, in slow general. motion without yeah. permits.
4: Without oh, yeah. permits,
5: the, the greatest yeah. thing for me was being a part of
0: the the whole process from start to finish that day at the shoot, and getting to see how a lot of the better ideas were so spur of the moment. <laughs> hey. Let's do this! And there's some people's favorite moments, like towards the end of the video. There's a dance scene, uh, like a dance party scene, that was completely. People were starting to gather, and the director said, "Hey, do you guys want to be in it?" And everyone's like, "Yeah!" And then so we, we filmed that. And
1: yeah, a lot of those shots we have to give a big shout out to Jeff, who was our director and DP, and the guy who came up with many of the awesome shots that you will see in the video or Jeff have seen. Amazing!
4: He's, a, yeah. he's he's done a lot of great work. Um, and I'm sure you can find links to him from looking through our
2: YouTube video. No, but I do say I'm, I'm not disappointed that you couldn't shoot the bull from the front because <laughs> I think it was more symbolic from the rear. Right. And I thought it actually sounded a, looked a little better <laughs> from the rear. You actually have more space back there. If yeah. the front of the bull, you've got like maybe
4: a foot and a half of standing room, and the rear, you've got a lot more room in the rear. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, the bull has giant genitalia. Stuff, yeah. So it's just
1: big
2: brass balls. Yeah. So you will definitely see that when you watch the video. Balls. Um, <laughs> there is one other thing, one one last thing I would wanted to dis, uh, to talk about, and that is the song "Living the Life." Okay. That song is probably that's my favorite song. It's nice. the one I find the most interesting mm-hmm. because you guys are all over the board on it <laughs> 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 like that one it's, do you have any stories behind that one because I that's that's the one I think that I really truly want to listen to all the time well Doug you did
1: the bulk of the writing on that uh, track so do you have any stories Yeah,
2: I think you know what it is you know
5: you listen to a lot of the the rap song and stuff that's out there right now and stuff of all these other you know real rappers that have made it and stuff and they just gloat about how much money they have and cars and bitches and drugs and you know all this stuff you know and, and we wanted to do our version of of living the life of, of big Ballin', but but our version of it is, is about you know no you know in, in, big in, Ballin',
1: in, like yeah. like the bull
5: yeah just like yeah. The, like the bull you know but our version is about you know working and making the money and investing the money.
2: And caviar in the Hamptons. And you know
5: and caviar in the Hamptons. And that's at the at like, you know, that's the reward of it. But it's not it's it's a almost lore key than what the other guys are rapping about, but ours I feel is more realistic. It's autobiographical.
4: <laughs> yes. Completely. Uh, yeah, Just absolutely. about someone
5: else. But it's you know, <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh. That, that speaks to you know of the East Coast <laughs> thing that we were talking about before. It's not you know you're not by a poolside with like a harem of women beside you. It's 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 lo- locations. It's New York. You get that vibe. It's nice.
5: Yeah, I mean we're 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 working from home in this in the, in the uh, you know in the song. You they know, commute. Know, that's that's what it's about. <laughs> we sing
3: about commuting. We sing
1: about commuting, commuting taking know, a helicopter sure, instead of yeah. taking the subway. You know, it's. Uh, <laughs>
4: Somebody's
2: great that totally well, I did like life. I did like that little that little throw in. <laughs> oh, on Wall the subway, Street. yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I think that's great about the the album too as a whole. Is I like how you guys the sampling you do. Like um, I'm gonna blank on the song title now, but you you sample the subway mm-hmm. and you say where you at, where you at, Wall Street, and, and you and you sample. You know the the, the the stand clear of the closing doors and that that whole. That whole yeah. thing, I think, is, is very obviously uniquely in New York, and so a New York listener will recognize that and identify with it immediately. So I, <laughs> I think that's very cool. I like when, when rappers and artists in general sample things that you can identify, whether it's a quote from a movie or you know, uh, a tone from a TV show or something, because then if you like that thing, you go, Hey, I like
5: that thing, so I like this thing. You know, <laughs> you know It's really funny that you mention a quote from a movie. You know, we uh, we have one of our our songs that will be uh, oh <laughs> debuting at the uh, we're playing this song at the show, right? <laughs> we're playing. I'm pretty sure we're playing this. The yeah, song it took at me a while
1: show. to figure out what you were talking about. But Sorry, we're
5: uh, <laughs> one one of our newer tracks, which you guys haven't heard, is is called "Greed Is Good," which is from the movie Wall Street. Oh, I cannot. Yes.
2: Please tell me you quote his his. Uh... Maybe he's in the video. It's very
1: possible. <laughs>
2: That that there is a
1: video Because all of our
2: songs have videos that we play at our shows That's one of my favorite um, Dialogues From any movie ever I just love his explanation Oh yes It Yes. it It is scary economics right there And that's why I love it
1: What I love about it is that it's still Relevant Like 20 some odd years later Since the movie was made You listen to that speech now It's still relevant
2: well, like they did the sequel, which was, eh, Fun. at best. Well, it was like, uh, we're not going to be as scary as the first one. Yeah. And <laughs> he still, he he, he did he had another speech, and it was, last time I was here, greed was good. Now it's also legal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was his follow-up. Um, No, I, I, I can't wait to hear this one. Um, I really want to well hear that enjoy one. Enjoy it, then.
0: <laughs> that, that also brings me to uh, another question I wanted to ask is, do you guys have plans for a new music video? If so, do you know what song That would be See
5: I want to make videos For, for all,
1: all your songs yeah, yeah. yeah Plans We have plans For a lot of things
4: <laughs> Yeah we have lots of ideas One of our Things we keep Kicking around Is like some kind of Like 8 bit video game Style one Made wow. with actual sprites That would be fantastic That's an idea We keep trying to Take around We'd love someone Who could has more Talent than us To help us mm-hmm. But you know yes. Anyone out there Sprite makers But that's one idea We've kicked around We've got a Reality TV show Style one. Oh yeah we got yeah, a couple things in the works. I don't want to give it away before we think of it. So
1: <laughs> I don't give it right? away before we think Something of it. it. <laughs> that's, that's,
4: that's if you guys
1: have fair. any ideas, you know, if you've listened to the EP or come, come to me. see any of our shows and you know our songs, then we're all ears—or
2: yeah. at least like them on YouTube.
0: Yeah, like us. Yes, and like, on Facebook like us on Facebook. And and all of those places. Please comment on the podcast if you have ideas, suggestions, questions. I mean, maybe they'll they'll hop onto the website and answer the questions for you at a later time if you have any specific questions for them. Um, the next thing I wanted to ask is if you guys would um, grace us with a song live. Yes. Sure. Yes, we will. Uh, yeah. Do it's you so want to intro to a song? Yeah, can you tell us what song it is? I
5: guess sure. we'll start with that. Uh,
1: well, this song that we're gonna play is actually a world premiere. Nice. Yeah, we haven't played this for anybody else ever yet. Uh, You will get to see it performed live on Saturday.
5: Including the fun video for it. Including
1: the fun video, which unfortunately you won't be able to see on
2: the podcast. And which song is this?
1: It's called "With Checks Bouncing. It's a fast-paced punk style song. Um, with references to an old Bouncing Souls track.
4: Oh, awesome.
1: Which you would probably be able to pick up on.
4: It's actually a precursor to the Katy Perry movie, which was... Bouncing Souls is an amazing music documentary. Sorry, I was listening earlier to your show, but... And they in in, in <laughs> Yes. And in a documentary they talk about the shoes they used to they forget the name of their band, talking about the name of our band, and they had bouncing souls shoes and on the label it said with souls bouncing, so the track came the with checks bouncing. Oh okay. I'm a huge bouncing souls fan. That has become apparent. Right. I forgot to mention them earlier. So another
2: East Coast style. Alright, this is the Wall Street players with checks with bouncing. I
5: I stay liquid like my capital, full like it's contractual. Buying a hypothesis and selling it goes factual.
1: Do it as a fractional, so actually not retractable. Top, spread it and
4: make a beast like a cannibal.
5: Killing
1: like a hannibal and hunger like an animal. And even these steps sketch to shoot me up like a
5: mechanical. The market is a parable. Prince
4: Livian is gamble.
5: The Wall Street players. players. The market also
4: brandable. For players, no one can beat us. And dreams can't pay, live life, or lead us. And dreams can't touch or tie to meet us. If they can't compete, they'll never beat us.
1: Money never sleeps but it sure gets
5: tired I'm your new boss and you just got fired. Got two hookers and Bloomberg's on. Bitches roll up on my business. I the bust a fast song. You fucking finish me. A captain of industry. I talk like a Terminator.
4: Strike in. deep like a killer bee. Make it that stacks and sneak attacks. Main profit on a synth attacks. Bummed out, rolling with ill syntax. Wall Street plays. Players, no one can beat us. We drink champagne, live life, and lead us. The streets can't, can't touch or try to meet us. us. They can't compete. They'll never be Don't us. Don't
1: call us because 'cause we're smarter than you. We're, we're
5: two thirds Mensa and half a Jew. Not paying till tomorrow. That's how we do. With a new credit Squad of '902. Back when the debt was only mediocre, spending lies about tomorrow like a fat Al Roker from
1: downtown Houston, Houston, just north of Soho, like
5: you dirty to my a SoCal drogo. Wall Street plays, no one can beat us we live life and meet us The streets can't touch or try to meet us They can't come they'll never be us
0: Fantastic, oh, that, that was awesome. great <laughs> <laughs> That was
2: awesome, guys, <laughs> Thank you guys. Right,
0: I love that song already because you did something that you hadn't done on the EP at all and that's not doing whole verses by yourself and actually jumping between
2: each person and I think that's fantastic, I love it our writing's gotten crazier over the years. And I, I like the little bit of punk, the, the the more rock as opposed to the, 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 the beats, just the beats. Um, not that you do just beats, but... Yeah, one could say um, you're diversifying. Yes! Uh, oh, I, like I, I like that. I like that. it.
5: Um, yeah, we try to throw in a little bit of, of New York into it at the end, the, the lines, uh, you know, from from downtown Houston to just north of Soho, which is obviously Houston. Which, for people that don't live in New York, is spelled the same as Houston, and that's how you can tell who's a tourist and who lives here. Homonyms. (laughs) (laughs) The guy loves homonyms. I'm
4: a homo lover. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That could be taken out Uh, of context. What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Of
0: course. Well, I I very much love the new track. I'm very excited to hear more. I'm very excited for the new album. Um, Oh, I forgot to ask, what's the title of the new album?
5: So our our album will be called IPO, to keep the theme going with the rest of our uh, our stuff. IPO is Initial Public Offering, if you're not down in the financial world like we are. That's our first album, so you can extrapolate all you
4: like right it's it definitely definitely uh, if that's a
5: taste of things
0: to come I'm very excited for what you guys put out next um, I think that you guys I mean without a doubt you're the strongest in your genre obviously well, and, and right. I have no doubt about that but I think that you guys are a great addition to the rap community as a whole I think it's fantastic that you have stage names custom-made suits with symbols, costumes, you know, your videos. It's an experience, the show. I'm very excited to see it for the first time this
2: Saturday. And you guys you guys got a message that I think is going to be very unique, not just in the rap field, but in, the, in this field in general, music in general, and um, I, for one, am intrigued by it. I, I like where you guys
3: are going. You guys got to get sure. yourselves in the Guinness Book of World Records now, because otherwise there might be a
5: Another greatest financier Rapping band coming along Or, or, or first Fini- Financier That's true
1: We should look into that in Worst case yeah.
5: If we can't get in for that We'll just make a 1,000 pound set of drumsticks Right right. <laughs> Obviously Because that that's the
2: way to go And make the snare drum for it
1: Well see Now we know that That <laughs> is a record
2: You know
1: <laughs> yes, That's so. the thing Beforehand Nobody really Thought
2: about that Well there's a biggest something There's always a biggest something There's always a biggest something That's true
0: well, um, right. I want to thank you guys for being on the podcast right. with us. Thanks, Thanks guys for having us. us. I had a great time. Um, make sure that you check them out on the Facebooks, the YouTube, Twitter, all that stuff. We have links to their pages from, from from the Crash Chords page. If you have any questions or comments, be sure to go to the website. You can email us at crashchordsblog at gmail.com. Um, be sure to come to the show on Saturday if you're local. Um, it should be a great time. Um and uh, thank you for listening, and as always, um, music is life, and life is good. Thank you.